When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is July 28th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and ladies and gentlemen, for the first time since March... This podcast has games to preview for the week. I hate, it's funny, you guys remember, I hate previewing games. I think it is the stupidest thing. It's outdated or recapping random games. But this week, there are games. Blue Jackets exhibition game. Uh, first round Robin game against the Flyers. It's, it's Monday, but this goes out every Tuesday. So I'll, we'll go to next Tuesday as the week. Um, it's exciting. It's exciting. And, and the best news right before... Uh, right after we recorded this, uh, me and Connor Ryan, who's today's guest, uh, on today's show from bostonsportsjournal.com, uh, before, or after we started recording, uh, it came out that the NHL had no new COVID-19 positive tests, uh, to end phase three. So, um, this looks like it's gonna happen. Uh, not so much for the MLB, which Connor and I talk about a little bit in this, but, uh, this is going to happen and it is great and we cannot wait, uh, for this. So Connor and I discussed the big, Bruins topic of the week, in my opinion, Jack Stanika, second line right wing or what? Uh, so we talked about that. We also talked about Andre Kasha. Uh, we got into talk about uh, a surprise X factor for the Bruins, who you probably don't won't expect to be this impactful player who actually could end up being pretty impactful, pretty impactful um, by the time these games get going, which uh, is very soon, and you'll get into that more in this podcast. Uh, first, there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Sports are slowly making its way back, with UFC, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. Bet Online has all the best odds, lines, and for the upcoming matches this weekend. Need more? Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? Bet Online has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the biz. NAS. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And as hockey comes back uh, with basketball as well, it's going to be more and more lines for you to have fun with and complete. Uh, and without further ado, here is my conversation with Connor Ryan. <laughs> And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Nothing much, man. What's going on with you? So, nothing much either. Uh, I don't actually have an. I don't have a a rundown for today's show. I'm gonna let you pick all the topics. It's your oh, show. Oh, really? To host the show. I'm gonna let you be the host. An impromptu no. host. 
Yes, you you just throw the host. It's funny when I first got this show, uh, or I, when I started hosting, I'd never hosted anything before. <laughs> like I'd never hosted. I was always just like a guest on a podcast here and there. So I remember thinking, like, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna do this? And it's actually worked out like all right because you just kind of talk and you just be who you are and so be it. Uh, but no, I will not do that to you today. I was like, hey, I'm gonna surprise Connor and throw a little throw a little curveball at him on a Monday morning. Um, I would have been so excited, Evan. I can tell you would have you would have had to, you would have done so much preparation for it and you had it all ready. Uh, no, I have a rundown for every show for those who don't know. Um, but I don't show it to the guests. I let them kind of be surprised by it. Um, at any rate. Bruins are up in Toronto. They made it. They are in Toronto, Canada. They're in the bubble city. Hopefully no Miami Marlins situation goes on up there. Um, that yeah. looks like an absolute mess. That just dropped, by the way, this Monday morning. I was going to say, I think when this drops uh, Tuesday, I think there's going to be a very uh, drastic change in what's going on with the MLB. So hopefully, as you said, <laughs> none of that happens with the NHL, which, fingers crossed, it seems like they got a lot of good protocols in place, but... Uh, yeah, that's not gonna. That's probably not gonna look good by the time this uh, gets posted tomorrow morning. But you know, we'll see what MLB does. Yeah, by then it'll be like seventeen players. The whole yeah. team will have it. I mean, the, the, the crappy thing about that is, and I was saying this to my my parents this morning. Like, you know, you have the you have the NHL and the NBA who are in these controlled hub cities. It's you know tight protocols, but then you have the MLB who has you know guys going all around the country. I know it's the regions, but you know if you're in the East, you're going to Florida. Oh yeah. And if you're in the West, you're going to California. So it's like, you know, if you're like, for instance, the my the Marlins are playing. Uh, they're supposed to open against the Orioles at home. The Orioles are terrible, like horrendous, and so are the Marlins. If you're on the Orioles, are you really going to put yourself in that kind of danger to go right. finish? You know, what are there sixty games? Finish twenty and forty, if that. I mean, no. I, I to get COVID nineteen. You know, I mean, Jose Iglesias might because he's finally getting the bat third, yeah. which has just been a weird, like... Finally thing. reaching reaching those, you know, lofty projections they had, you know, to, as, you know, when he was with the Red Sox going through the systems, like, you know, this guy's going to be a future number three hitter. We can tell him hitting, like, 260 in Pawtucket. Like, this kid, one of these days, is going to be the middle of the lineup bat that they're looking for. Yeah, except it's with these 2020 Orioles. Uh, but, no, so, hopefully, I don't think anything will happen like this. I feel like the NHL... Were, the worst thing that could have happened to them was during phase three and they dodged it. So I feel like this will be better uh, if I had to take a guess. But they're in Toronto. Um, I want to focus on some lineup questions. And the biggest to me, and this was, I think, the biggest the last week of practice after Kasha and Pasternak were pretty much ruled out for the rest, Stadnika. It's funny. Going into this, I thought, well, you know, I don't know if I want this kid who has all this potential, this high t- high prospect. I don't know if I want him – and his first NHL action to be in this tournament. But now I see that consistency with Krejci and with DeBrusque. And I say, well, if Kasha comes back and he's not, you know, the guy the Bruins thought they picked up, why not throw Stanika on that right side? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you look at going into the camp, I'm probably pretty much in the same boat as you. You know, I think it's very easy to look at a guy like Jack Sidnika and watch his highlights down in the OHL or down in Pawtucket and get really excited for what this kid could bring uh, to this team. But I didn't think it was necessarily going to be, uh, you know, this postseason where everything was so ramped up. You feel like it was going to be a situation where it's all right. Like we know the regulars we have in the lineup. We don't know really where maybe they best fit, right? We don't know where like Akasha might fit, um, you know, in the lineup, but having a guy like Sidnika as a, you know, a backup option, a guy who should gain some experience from just being along for the ride here. I imagine that was going to be their plan. 
that kind of all got blown up pretty quickly, right? When, you know, you don't have Kasha for pretty much the entire, the entire phase three. Like he skated one day, but it was a small group. Like it wasn't like he was seeing, you know, playing with Krejci and seeing where that best worked out. So, um, you know, I, I think even if, you know, we're, we're probably going to get some news today, whether or not, you know, who made the flight and whether Pasternak and Kasha are there, you know, even if Kasha, you know, made this flight to Toronto with the team and isn't subject to like a longer quarantine, you know, it's not like a given that, you know, Thursday for an exhibition game that Cassidy's just going to slot him into the lineup, right? Because he's got, uh, you know, he's got a, he's behind the eight ball in terms of, you know, getting back up to speed. And it's not like he's a guy who you're going to put right in the a spot in the lineup and know how he's going to perform there, right? He's played six games with the Bruins. And like, frankly, they, the numbers weren't looking all that good when it was him and Krejci together. Um, again, who knows, you know, a longer time off, like, um, you know, it's, it's a lower level experience, but I think you look at what Stanika brought during camp, um, you know, he definitely stands out as a guy that, you know, he, he's known as this, this, you know, young, exciting player who's good in open ice, you know, good on the rush, but you watch the way he kind of plays and it seems like he always is very comfortable bringing the puck down low, um, you know, getting that puck to high danger situations, firing off high quality shots. He's a guy that, you know, if you just have him play a role like that with a guy like Krejci who will get you the puck, you know, he, he could be a guy that, you know, could slot in and, and be kind of that that finishing talent that that line has been lacking quite a bit. So, again, we'll see kind of what, what they roll with. But I still think even if Kasha is cleared and ready to practice today or tomorrow up in Toronto, it's not a given that, you know, he's going to be penciled in Thursday for an exhibition game or the round robin on Sunday. Yeah, and what's funny is, you know, there's a few takeaways from that. I mean, with Kasha, with regard to him, it feels like this is a sort of a case of why you should be a little bit more responsible. I mean, I, we, don't, we, we don't know what's really going on with him. Um, you know, we saw pictures of him in the North End. We saw pictures of him uh, on the ice uh, that was not Bruins. I think that was during Phase 3 or at the very start of it. Um, they, it kind of shows you, like, what happens when that stuff kind of takes place. Like you, you gotta, you gotta take this stuff a little bit more seriously. That also goes for Pasternak. Now Pasternak um, is a way different player than Kasha has way more clout with the Bruins. Like Pasternak is fine. Pasternak's not getting sat. Pasternak's not getting substituted out of the lineup anytime soon. That guy's, that guy could have, couldn't have played for 60 days. and still be in the lineup. Um, but it's funny. You mentioned the finishing touch on the Krejci line with Stanika. It feels like the two options that on that line, if they aren't Kasha, would be Stanika or Kuhlman. And you saw Cassidy last week explain it. Like, Kuhlman is a great north-south guy. He's very fast, has no problem going along the walls. But his issue is generating those high-danger chances, generating offense in the offensive zone. For Kuhlman, has, has not come easy in the time that we've seen him. Whereas for Stanika, yeah, he's not as great along the walls um, mm-hmm. as maybe a guy like Kuhlman is. But way better in the offensive zone. And I think in these playoffs – that might be what you want. I mean, if you're matched up against, you know, unless, you know, unless it's a team like the Capitals, who's much bigger, or the Lightning, who's, you know, a little bit bigger, you know, that might, Stanika might be your guy on the right side. I mean, ideally, you'd want this to be like a McAvoy in 2017 situation. Steps in for the first time full-time and is dominant, the way McAvoy was against the Senators in 2017. But I'm interested to see how, if they do use Stanika, because it feels like they are. How does Stanika look at practice? Because I was not there. You were. How did he look? Yeah, no, he was kind of as advertised. I mean, I think, again, it's one of those situations where you kind of know his skill set going into it. And, you know, those are best kind of uh, showcase, you know, during, like, you know, they did like two on twos, you know, three on threes, odd man rushes, stuff like that. He obviously stands out just because he's got that 
that speed and he's got that shot. Um, Cassidy kind of mentioned that he still has to work on his shot a little bit. So it's not, you know, maybe as noticeable as uh, if you want to compare it to like maybe like a younger guy on the team, like I think Andrews Buell really worked on his shot. So he's had quite a few, um, you know, impressive kind of sequences where he's finished off a good rush off of, you know, a, a wrister from the slot. But um, I think just Danica's, you know, ability to, you know, get through, you know, push through the neutral zone. And you just watch during some of these, you know, they have, you know, battle drills or they have, you know, uh, you know, drills where they go through like kind of the four check where he's always, you know, down around the net. He's down behind the net, you know, fighting for the puck. Again, he's not the strongest guy, right? I mean, he's still, you know, he's got to put on quite a bit of weight to get through a full NHL campaign. But, um, you know, just the way he seems like he's more than willing to go to the front of the net. I mean, you, you watched during the, the preseason game, right? Like what was his kind of highlight from the preseason is he was down low, took a puck off the face, like knocked all of his teeth out got a goal out of it. So it worked out pretty yeah. well, but it just seems like that's kind of a, the player he is, you know, for a guy his age, he's not really afraid to go to those areas of the net and, you know, generate quality looks. And again, if you're just in that spot, then you're, you're putting yourself in a good spot to at least create something. Right. I mean, um, that's kind of one thing that stuck out about uh, Nick Ritchie during camp is, you know, his one goal he scored during the scrimmage, he was just literally camped in front of the crease, like just, you know, being a big body down low you know, Grizzly hits him with a, you know, a cross-ice pass and, you know, he just taps it in. It's like, that's, that's what you need to do, right? Like, especially for a guy that big. Like, if if Stadnika's on a line with a guy like Krejci, who's so good at, you know, slowing down the pace and just you know, distributing the puck, and he's down low waiting for a puck, generally good things are going to happen. So, like, you know, I don't think he has to be this guy who's, you know, creating, you know, burning defenses on odd man rushes or stuff like that. If he just gets down low and, you know, handles the puck well, that he could, you know, he could make a difference on that line because they just haven't had any sense of, you know, uh, an established guy there just to consistently generate those chances, what I think is what has really hampered them for most of this year. Yeah, and it 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 it, hel- it doesn't help, but it doesn't. I mean, when Cassidy comes out and basically says about Stanika that he's like a, uh, I I forget the quote, but it's like a younger little more skilled Bergeron. I was like, oh boy, <laughs> poor kid, yeah. that poor kid. And Cassidy means well by it, but it's like, you know, that's like if, you know, if I said, oh, you know, this Connor Ryan kid, he's a real, uh, he's the next, uh, he's the next uh, Peter Gammons of mm-hmm. hockey. Like people, you know, at the time you're like, oh, that's a high compliment. But in reality, you're like, shit, I have a, <laughs> I have a lot of fucking right. ground to make up. Um, yeah. But you know, it was funny, you mentioned Nick Ritchie. And I feel like, we thought going into the postseason back in March, we thought, well, Kasha will be sort of the, the more impactful guy. Mm-hmm. But it might turn out that Nick Ritchie's the more impactful of the deadline acquisitions because, you know, Kasha's been unable to play for most of phase three. Um, Stanik has been fine on that right side. Uh, they also have Kuhlman. They have Bjork, uh, you know, who might be able to get in there as well. There's other types of guys like Kasha on the team. There aren't really a lot of Nick Richies on this team that can score and also are big bodied power forward guys. I mean, I know they're kind of getting, you know, kind of pushed out of the league, but I mean, Richie has value. He is, can be impactful. And against these bigger teams like the Lightning, like the Capitals. I mean, remember that game? I was thinking about this when I was sort of taking a look at the Capitals uh, for their round robin game with the Bruins. Remember that game? I think it was December 23rd of this past year. I mean, the Bruins routed them like 7-3, but everyone got injured. Crew got injured. Grizzly got injured. I mean, guys were just getting pounded uh, mm-hmm. by Wilson and the Capitals. And you get a guy like Richie to try to prevent that. I mean, you get a guy like Nick Richie who can also scare them back. And, you know, he's not a Tom Wilson. He's not as you know impactful as he is. But I think there is a real 
call for Nick Ritchie this year, probably on the third line next to Coyle on that left side. But I do think you could see a guy like Nick Ritchie really provide value this uh, during this postseason. Yeah, no, I think, you know, that, that's the right word is value in terms of what, what he brings. And it's something that, as you said, it's pretty unique. Um, and I think you look at the way the, the roster is kind of, you know, uh, com- you know, how they put it together. You know, you, you cut a guy like Anton Bleed, who I was a little bit surprised with just because, you know, he's the guy that's, you know, not going to play above the fourth line, but you know what you're kind of going to get from a guy like Bleed, right? Like a North-South guy, a guy who's physical. So the fact that, you know, he's not there, the fact that, you know, that, that kind of tells me that, you know, one of the comfortable is rolling out with a guy like Richie, who, you know, is plays a little bit higher up in the lineup, right? Like I expect he's probably going to be with Coyle to start. Um, but still, he's, a, you know, not a fun guy to play against. You know, he's dropped the gloves a couple of times already, you know, with the Bruins. He's just, you know, uh, a tougher guy that, you know, will be valuable during this this run just because, you know, I think especially out of the gate where teams are still shaking off the rust and kind of getting back up to speed, I feel like it's going to be, I think Brad Marchand called it really sloppy hockey, but I can feel like it's going to be a very much a grinded out, you know, physical. These guys are going to wait into – you know, not, you know, knock each other around for four months now. So I think it's going to be a little bit slower, a little bit more physical, which is where a guy like Richie, um, you know, kind of provides his value. So, uh, you know, I think, I think he's definitely going to be a guy who, again, probably starts with Coyle, but you know, you could switch things around, right? Like Sean Corrales has been up with the third line quite a bit. Maybe you put Richie down on the fourth line if, if you need to, in terms of just making that a heavier lineup, like, there's a couple of different places you can you can put him in the lineup, but just having a guy like that again, it's not like you're bringing out a like a goon or a, a guy like Ren, like a Zach Ronaldo or something. Zach like Ronaldo, but, but just like a you know a physical you know powerful guy who even if it's just you know standard checks you know getting checked by you know a guy like him who's you know you know six one six two you know two twenty those add up over a, a game a, a series a postseason. So um, I think you know definitely having just a guy like him is is definitely a, uh, you know, a piece of the, of the puzzle that, you know, the Bruins are hoping that, you know, works out well, because they're going to need a few of these guys that are able to kind of throw their weight around. Yeah. I think Richie is going to end up providing sort of an impact for them. And he also, I mean, you could also throw him on the second line, even instead of DeBrusque. I mean, you, you could in theory do that. Um, mm-hmm. And then, I think there's a lot of question marks with those third and fourth lines. You know, the only real on the, on the bottom two lines, the only real mainstay is Charlie Coyle. Uh, yeah. Everybody else, I feel like, can be interchanged. I mean, you know, that fourth line could have Parlindholm in the middle, could have Corrali, you know, Wagger on the right, could be Coleman on the right. I mean, there's so many different ways I think Cassie's going to go about this, um, and it all should be pretty interesting. You mentioned the sloppy hockey thing, and I do wonder with that. I really do wonder, like, is this going to be, like, bad hockey in a sense? Like, I think it's going to be very entertaining because we're coming off nothing for months. Mm-hmm. But it is funny that, you know, this was a skill game. This has always been, a, you know, the, the, you know, this past year, uh, last couple of years, been a very skill-oriented game. Now you go into this, and you mentioned a good point. It's going to be pretty physical. Mm-hmm. And I think, the, you know, you do wonder if, it, if the Bruins are physical enough to sort of withstand that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it kind of depends on, I guess, what groups are kind of out there. Like, I'm not – concerned about you know in terms of them being rusty like I'm not really too concerned about that top line because it feels like you can put them in any situation you know they could be on a, a five-year hiatus from hockey and I feel like you put them out there and they're probably still going to be know where each other is I'm not worried about the power play even with Krejci filling in for Pasternak during a couple of these practices um it's still it's what you expected right Krug up at the top you know him switching Marchand of the half wall Bergeron the bumper like they were still generating plenty of chances they they 
they're going to be fine. Like when Pasta comes back, even if he's rusty, I wrote about this a little bit earlier last week. Like I'll take a, a Pasternak who's rusty, but rested over what Pasternak was last year, which was, you know, unable to get that one timer off because his thumb was still messed up from that injury. Like, you know, I, I think he's going to be fine, but you'll get a couple of these other, you know, lineups or, you know, especially with the Bruins, like, again, they're going into this postseason with 70% of their lineup still kind of not really set in stone. Like, you know, they, you got the Krejci situation, which has been ongoing, but, you know, for most of this camp, yeah, for most of this camp, Charlie Coyle was, you know, playing with Sean Corrali and, you know, Nick Ritchie, two guys that he primarily didn't play with that much this year. Like he's played with Corrali a little bit, but Corrali's again, you know, known for driving that fourth line. So it's going to be, you know, a big adjustment for everyone. So I feel like in that situation from the Bruins perspective, like, all right, well, I don't really know these players tendencies. Right. But you know, if we keep it simple again, let's go back to the cliches, but get the puck in deep and just like knock the crap out of everyone. We're going to generate chances. Right. I mean, that's kind of their MO even when they're, they're rolling and they know where everyone, where everyone is on the ice. So I think, you know, especially if you look at other teams too, you could see like maybe the, the team that's known for its speed that, you know, maybe out of the gate, they're going to look at trying to just like burn everyone. Right. Like I look at like team, like, you know, the avalanche, I feel like they're just going to try to outskate everyone to death. Right. And see just how that leads. But I feel like most of those teams are going to, you know, again, it's going to be a longer adjustment period. And until they kind of get all that chemistry going again, it's going to be simple hockey, probably, you know, physical hockey. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, you know, scrums and, and stuff like that. Like I could see it being very much like that Capitals game where it's like, all right. And again, that one kind of went off the rails right after the game was pretty much out of reach. I feel like at this point it's going to be like, all right, let's, let's just, you know, trade some punches and see where it goes because, you know, all these teams are starting from square one right now. So it's funny. You mentioned coil with uh, Richie and Corrali. What a difference a year makes last year, mm-hmm. Heinen and Johansson, two very skilled, basically left wingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you go to, Nick Ritchie and Sean Corrali, two guys who are not big skill guys, but more sort of physical. Uh, both can actually get it down the offensive side. But uh, also this week, because this podcast releases every Tuesday. So in the next week, this is the first time in the – this well since March that this podcast has had games to talk about potentially. We have a game Thursday, and we have a game – on Monday against the Flyers, uh, or not Monday, that's, I'm getting all the dates mixed up. It would be Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, the second. So, um, the exhibition game, I'm interested to see sort of how Cassidy rolls out the lines. I don't think that's going to be the end all be all for lines. I don't think the playoffs are going to be end all be all for lines. I think they're no. just going to be constantly changing. Um, but the interesting prospect is having Halak and Rask both play that game against the Blue Jackets. Is there any chance Halak plays in the round robin? Um, I, I think so. Um, I, I think, you know, obviously the, the focus on that round robin is to, you know, try to, you know, get the number one seed. But I feel like if, you know, maybe you're the Bruins or any of those teams, right, I think the priority is just getting back up to speed, right, and, you know, finding out where the lines best fit, getting guys, um, you know, ready to roll. So it wouldn't surprise me if even in like that, especially maybe that Philly game, that first game, if, you know, they have – you know, maybe a guy like Bergeron sits out one of those games. You know, I, I don't think they're going to go, you know, all out in, in those three games to get them really, uh, get them really rolling. Like, I think it's going to be a lot of still experimenting with the lineup. Like, if, you know, Kasha, you know, is either not on the team flight or he has some time that he has to make up, 
I feel like, you know, maybe they'll start him there, you know, w- with Krejci in one of those round-robin games. Maybe they switch him with Sidnika if you have him starting elsewhere in the lineup. Like, I think it's going to be a lot of tinkering with the lineup. And, um, yeah, I would not I would be pretty surprised if it's just Rask all the way through the round-robin because I feel like they want to at least get Halak some, some legitimate minutes, you know, outside of that exhibition game. So I think it, it's definitely a tough kind of balance that, the Bruins have to, you know, reach, right? Because obviously they want to win the round robin. You want to start strong. You don't want to, you know, limp into the playoffs with, you know, an 0-3 record against these teams that most likely you're going to have to go through to get to the cup final, right? So, um, but, you know, it's going to be tough because I feel like, you know, the priority for them is just getting guys, one, healthy, ready to roll and seeing where they're they're best equipped for when the actual playoffs start. Because if they still have all these question marks come, you know, next week, then, then you're going to run into some problems. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to sort of see how it all works uh, with that because it's going to be lineup tinkering, as you said, pretty much the whole time. The Blue Jackets are a team that scares me, and I know they scare you too. They scare most people because they're low-key very good. They have Merzlikens in that. Um, obviously, it's an exhibition game, so it doesn't really count for anything. But I do think that's a team that could low-key go deep. My pick from the East, who I think goes very deep, um, is the Flyers. And the re and I'm not doing this to get you to say Carter Hart, by the way, because I know you're gonna think that's what I'm trying to get you to say. But it isn't the goalie from, the goalie from Philadelphia. That's how the, the, the Philadelphia goalie. I, yeah. But I do think that's a team that could go very deep, and they have the lineup for it. They have the guy in net for it. Um, they it, they're weird. They're, they're that that four seed in sports always seems to do something bigger than people think, mm-hmm. and they have nothing to lose in the round robin because they're already the last seed. So if they go in and win, you know, two or three, it's like well. Fuck, they're not the four seed anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do – that's a team I do predict going kind of far. And it's also a team that should scare you. I mean, you think about it, like, you know what – if you're the Bruins, you know what you're getting in the Capitals. You know what you're getting in the Lightning. The Flyers are a team to most people around here. You think, well, the Bruins will just steamroll them like usual. The Bruins mm-hmm. will have no problem with them. And in reality, that's a very, very, very good team. So I would not be surprised for them to make a big impact. Another fun thing about these games coming up, we have stuff to gift. We have stuff to give. Now I've, 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 I've been knocking the rust off with uh, baseball, but it's not nearly the same. So I'm, no, I'm excited it is to get rolling again. I know. I have to get my, my, my speed down, my process down, yeah, you know, boom, exactly. boom, boom. Yeah, it's funny. You should come up to college where Wi-Fi is great. Now I'm at home. I don't know if wow. the Wi-Fi is as good. There, That's what I'm worried about. I'm like, oh, shit, do I have to gotta, stay, do I, do I have to stay right next to the router? Man. Yeah. <laughs> It's, 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 we gotta, us writers and us tweeters gotta knock off the rust too. It is fun though to have stuff to sort of talk about, content to write about, stuff to gif, stuff to tweet about. I mean, like the extent to, to which we have both had to go to provide like some content on Twitter <laughs> these past few months has been sometimes crazy. I mean, it, it, like anything, um, I, you know, you try to find. And for us, it's just, uh, it's, you know, we, we made it. We made it through. Uh, we didn't get kicked off Twitter. You did actually for a little bit. I did. I don't want to talk about that because that was a, a rough, you know, two two and a half hours of me being in like Twitter purgatory. So, but you know, we're back what's, now. Don't have to what's worry fu- about it. You know what's so funny about that? Like I sort of joked at the time, but for like those two hours, I really did feel important. I was like, damn, now I'm leading the charge. Like it is me and only me. And it is just. Like I am, I don't. Ha- I I feel empowered in a sense. Then once you guys got back on, I was like, damn it. Well, you know, I I had a, a a brief you know moment of zen as soon as I got kicked off. Where I was like, you know what, maybe I can take a little break now. I don't always have to be refreshing Twitter. And then like the chirps immediately started, to which I could not 
send any retort to. So then it was just two and a half hours of me just like sitting on my couch, like steaming, waiting to, to get back on. So well, what, what was so tough about it at the time, I remember thinking like, and this is a topic for another day, but I was like, you know, maybe it wouldn't be the worst if Twitter got, you know, sent into the, into the sun. I mean, it helps us, but yeah. maybe, you know, it would be, it would definitely help our, all of our mental health. You know, we'd probably yeah. be a little bit, better and it wouldn't be as stressful and then it came back and twitter's twitter and you exactly. can't, really can't live without it without yeah. it um speaking of things you can't live without boston sports journal you work on anything big right now yeah we got some uh, exciting stuff uh coming up obviously during this uh you know this ramp up to the actual postseason so we have a few features in the works we have a whole bunch of breakdowns you know as we've talked about for what the last 30 minutes there's still a whole bunch of a lineup situations that still need to get fixed um and, and sorted out and it's a couple of different ways you can look at the way some of these pieces best fit in the lineup so we'll have a couple of breakdowns and uh all that good stuff over the next couple of weeks so follow us you know subscribe at bostonsportsjournal.com and you can follow me on twitter at connor ryan underscore 93 great product should subscribe to it all right connor it's always a pleasure uh, and for CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You, Bruinsby listeners, enjoy the games, enjoy our tweets, and have a great rest of your week. Yeah.